A lot of liquor. A lot of liquor. I have. I am not much of a drinker. Like We've... cowboys. Yeah, cowboys showed up at my door with a lot of liquor. <laughs> one of them is actually from Montana, so that's basically making. Okay. Yep, and the other Pretty one is damn from, close. The other one is from Southern California, and they have a giant equestrian fair there. So, like, they might as well both be cowboys. So, I went from having about a shot of bullet bourbon in my liquor cabinet to having multiple gallons of of different things, and then we started drinking it and tried to play a board game, and it was a disaster. It went real bad. <laughs> Like, one of the players fell asleep after the first round. Uh, I got disinterested. After the first round? How long is the first round? It's not that long, but she was a lightweight, (laughs) as it turned out. Okay. Um, What game were you playing? We were playing Robinson Crusoe. It's like... Okay. It's sort of like if Lost... If you had the island from Lost as a board game, and then you had to survive on there. And it's kind of amazing, because... uh, Aren't you... Are you comparing Robinson Crusoe to Lost as if Robinson Crusoe came out after Lost? I'm trying to give people a good touchstone. I'm not saying that Lost inspired Robinson Crusoe. That is not what I'm saying. So, the the, the thing that I love about this game is that you have health, right? And if somebody dies, it's game over. But after a point, if you take enough damage, you start to complain. Wait, if somebody dies, it's game over for everyone? For everyone, it's cooperative. Uh, oh, but if you, oh, that if sucks. You, if you take enough damage, you start to complain, and that lowers everybody's morale, and everyone gets angrier and is worse at their jobs and starts complaining too, and it just becomes a spiral of chaos. Uh, which yeah, no was, one likes... Com- which, which was much how our actual <laughs> game played out. Uh, it just became increasingly more chaotic until finally we were like, okay, I think we're going to win, let's be done. Great! Hmm. So that sounds like a that's, terrible wait, That's game. how you win. You say, I think we're going to win. Let's be done. <laughs> done! <laughs> it's actually... It's, it's wait, a, are you saying we, we could have ended this at any time? Like, yeah, yeah, wait a minute. Like there's, wait, are you, are you saying that there was just a door that civilization was on the opposite side of? That yeah. Had, like, a One of those like, hey, by the way, yeah. I got a full plane. And... We can drop on that. Yeah. So it, 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 oh, it is all the food was like right the, there. Um, it's yeah. kind of like those puzzle escape rooms where they say, we're going to lock you in a room and you have to figure out the way out. But... The secret to those those rooms is that the door is always unlocked because you have to go out to go to the bathroom at some point, and so you can just mosey. You're done. You escaped the room. Good job. Welcome there to the sounding go. board. You escape. You're out of the the escape room and into the sounding board. This is the sounding board. Your <laughs> weekly podcast that is sometimes <laughs> about music. You've this is like a weird episode of, your, of Lost of your mundane life. <laughs> now you're in. The... Now you're in. The sounding board zone. Camden, did you ever buy soundingboard.zone? I did not. God damn it. This is, uh, it was supposed Shit, to be dot zone? I, I thought we were doing dot cool or dot sexy. Dot pizza! <laughs> it's all dot about pizza. dot pizza. Soundingboard.pizza. Soundingboard.pizza. <laughs> right, that's your homework. Our homework for last yeah. week was to listen to this week's album, Agalox Ashes Against the Grain. I'm Josh, the voice of the sounding board. With me, as always, is Camden Taylor, the hair of the sounding board. Still got it. And Ted Hooker, the corset <laughs> of the sounding board. Corset. The what? Corset. Oh, oh, like a. Oh, okay. I, feel, I almost never hear him say corset. Drop from your fantasy football team. But yeah, corset. I dropped corset. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Also with us this week, the uh, special surprise has been ruined. I did. Kexp DJ <laughs> Reeves Richards. Hi. <laughs> I'm Reeves. 
How's it going, hey, everybody? Reeves. I work at KXP. <laughs> a fun station in Seattle. One of the best. Is that around? Nobody's is, ever going to keep the, it down. Is that your tagline? A fun station in Seattle. A fun station in Seattle. No, it's uh, <laughs> the official tagline. Uh, the official tagline is it's the bumper uh, stickers. Either powered radio or where the music matters. John. Guys, do you guys want to be the, a fun station in Seattle? We can make that a sounding board slogan. Yeah, but, but not a I don't live in Seattle. Not we're, not music. we're not a station. You can call yourself a fun podcast stretched across Alaska. And we're a fun podcast that part California. of is in Seattle. And Cal- yeah. No, 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 it doesn't matter. It doesn't, like... No, no, it's a, it's a bluff. We call ourselves a fun station in Seattle. We don't actually, everyone expects us to have our own station. We just have the podcast. Yeah, let's just, let's just call it like, yeah, it's like KB, the, KBRD the Aquabats Super Show or whatever. That they had, they didn't yeah. have a show for so long, and then they got their show, and then they got like an Academy Award for it. Is that what's going to happen? Uh, for yeah, us? That yeah, awesome. that's the plan. That's exactly that the plan. Wait, uh, sorry, what? The Aquabats had a show. <laughs> the Aquabat Super Show, Academy or whatever Award the actual for? name is. Smiling, the, you know, know the Aquabats. All, right. <laughs> All right, hold on. Are we gonna get? Are we gonna get into our music or discussion? Or are we gonna get into our TV discussion? Do we want to just do that right now? <laughs> Let's just do that okay, right sure, now. So, the Aquabats sure, is a band. Yes, I It's know a band. Yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah. They're a band. They, they have <laughs> so a show. We could do... All right. Yeah, they got a show, like, years after they formed. They always had a joke about it, and then they just got a show suddenly, and it did really well. It was very weird. That's it. Huh. That's all. Guys, I finished Luke Cage. Well, Luke Cage was really good. Yeah, it was. Anyone yeah, else? don't talk about it. Oh, you guys haven't I watched it Don't talk about it yet. It's pretty good. I, so I tr- I started it, and then it turns out because Lita grew up in Alaska, she's never really interacted with that many black people. So she has to like stare at their faces and focus really hard to understand what they're saying, um, and she doesn't get a lot of the cultural references. <laughs> so it's it's like uh, she's oh. been taking German for two years and has to really concentrate. She gets it, but you know there's still a lot of loss in what's being said. So we. We paused Luke Cage because I wanted to be able to actually get what's happening. Um, and we're watching The Boondocks, uh, like a season or two of The Boondocks to sort of Wait, immerse so you're using her in The Boondocks as her ebonic driver? <laughs> it's a really I mean, effective one. <laughs> I was about to say, that's not actually, that's that's a good starting point. That, that'll that be... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, Thank you. Know. you. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go She'll leave She'll be a, rolling in no time. I'm going to go leave a review on <laughs> yeah. The Boondocks on iTunes on the show, on the iTunes video thing, and just be like, yeah, this is a great Ebonics primer. Signed, Ted and Lita. It'll Two be, stars. It'll be perfect. <laughs> God damn it, go. Camden, no. It'll work perfectly. God. Yeah, man. Well, speaking of shows, <laughs> speaking of shows, Reeves and I caught a show on on Friday. Uh, we, uh, we went out and we saw Joey Badass and Schoolboy Q at the Wamu Theater. Uh, and I can report with some certainty that Joey Badass is in fact a badass, and Schoolboy Q is not a schoolboy. Oh, All right, that's yeah. confusing because I <laughs> I always thought he was a schoolboy. It's in his name, and I wasn't yeah. sure if Joey was a badass or if that was just his last name before the money. Yeah, I, right. I was never quite certain. Yeah. Reeves, what did you think of that so, show? You were there with me. I was there with you. Um, that show was very awesome. Um, Joey Badass did a really great job, and uh, I was kind of unfamiliar with his stuff. I'd listened to a few tracks before heading over, and it was really, really great. And um, 
But then Schoolboy Q came out, and he was also awesome. Um, the only bad part about the night is the fact that I had to leave early because I was doing an overnight shift at KEXP. Um, oh, that was that was like the only downside to the show. But uh, overall, really just great stuff. Um, hmm. However, Schoolboy Q did do something that uh, it it's not that it aggravates me, but it does kind of make my eyes roll a little bit. Is when uh, just somebody on stage says like, "Oh, you know." Usually when we go to insert city here, it's usually this crazy, but you guys aren't that crazy right now. Why aren't you crazy as before? As like kind of a tactic <laughs> yeah, to like yeah. get people to get people pumped up. Like, he did uh, that like, a lot. It's like a weird hype yeah, tactic. It's, and so even if he's being honest about it, like this Seattle show wasn't as good as the previous ones, it's still just kind of one of those things where for whatever reason, anytime I hear anybody on stage say something like that, I immediately just go, okay, well... I'm just going to stay the way that I am, and you can continue to be disappointed. <laughs> like, that's that's just my attitude about, yeah. like, just, like, things like yeah. that. It's just kind of... Well, he, he, Don't he force us it, to be hyped. He yeah. did it, like, four times. <laughs> he did it, like, four times, and each time he, like, yeah. kind of blamed something I'll else. I'll hype if I want to hype. Each time he kind of blamed some, something else. Like, the first time he was like, oh, maybe it's because, you know, it's just a bigger crowd, and, you it, like, the vibe is different. And then the second time it was like, oh, you know what it is? It's probably all that legal weed you guys been smoking. You're probably pretty stoned, so the energy's low. And Which like, there was a lot of legal there weed. There was a lot of legal weed there. Mm. Like, he, in fact, called for some legal weed, and someone chucked, a lot of people chucked him some weed. Um, which he then, of course, sparked up. Why do you call it, keep calling it legal all of weed? It up? Isn't it just it, weed? It was, no, it was very important to him that it was legal weed. He does. He doesn't want any of that illegal shit. Yeah, and then later, yeah. if you, later, if you that little, shit he's in a schoolboy. That shit's important. Like, later, he goes. He he says something about like, oh, you see, my manager. She, like, she says I'm supposed to be off off stage at 35 after, but I'm just. You know what? That weed's wearing off. You guys are just waking up. I'm gonna hang around for a while, which like. I don't know, man. That just like that. That, that, mm, it, that seemed very ploy-like to me, which was a little a little irritating. But the show itself was rad. Uh, it was really good. Yeah, this is basically us complaining that uh, like a really delicious meal came out like a little bit late. Yeah, like and, I had to wait a couple extra minutes. And the minutes. waiter was awkward. That's basically what we're complaining about now yep. in terms of the show. Yeah, it, it feels awesome. kind of like it. Yeah. It was, <laughs> like this is just the one nitpicky thing that wasn't good. It was, so we're oh, going to talk about it for 15 minutes. So so I one of the things that I actually really w- loved in that show was uh, I, I really liked the set. And then I really liked how um, on certain tracks when they hit like uh, a, like a, a series of drum hits like da-da-da-da. They would flash the uh, the brights, and because of how much of the smoke machine they were using, it would make the entire set behind him like disappear, and it would look like he was just standing on a fucking cloud. And it was awesome. Yeah. I was way into that. Cool. Yeah, and that sounds the, like a really cool stage design. Yeah, and the and the fog machines as well allowed it to like when it dissipated, it still held the light better, so you could see the light protruding out over the audience, like basically almost all the way to the back, because it was all getting caught in the various particles from like the mister and the fog machine. So like during mm-hmm. colored greens, it just during colored greens, of course, it's flashing green lights. Yeah, and it just it, the entire like place just it it was awesome. Like just across like all the way to the back, you could see kind of the the fog machine and the weed smoke mixed together and it just like kept going back like and we were towards the back of standing room only so it was even then going past us into the back Mm -hmm. of the venue it was it was an awesome show and it actually like 
doing doing that, seeing him, and seeing Joey Badass kind of inspired me to go back and listen to some of the shit that I was listening to <laughs> last year. I was um, hoping you were going to say inspired me to become a rapper. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah that would have been way better. Threads changed my last name to Cool Guy. Joshua Cool Guy. Yeah. <laughs> I would personally go out of my way to insult you on air. <laughs> like, if, I, don't, I don't do that as, like, on the platform at KXB, but if you did that. What if my shit was dope, though? I don't care. Okay. <laughs> I got I to nip this in the bud right now. Just... Um, so I actually, I actually went back and spent some time with uh, Joey Badass's last album and his new single. Uh, the album we oh, talked about. Yeah, there is a new single. The album we talked about a lot last year, particularly um, it came up at, at the end of the year awards um, because I was super impressed that a dude as young as he was was able to put out something that good. And man, it's still fantastic. Like, Paper Trails is still an incredible track. Uh, Jesus View is still awesome. That whole album is really good. Um, and then from there, I started listening to other things from last year that I remembered really liking, but not spending time with in a while. Like so what? I went back to uh, the Slater Kenny album, um, hey, No Cities to I Love. Forgot, I forgot about that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I did too, and it was still real did, good. Did you listen to that record you bought? I sure did. Finally? I sure did. <laughs> that sweet white vinyl. <laughs> so that was kind of my week, was... Um, a lot of going back to some older stuff. Uh, I did a little bit of sort of exploratory listening to pick our album for next week. Um, but by and large, I was listening to a lot of Schoolboy Q and a lot of Joey Badass uh, before and immediately after the show. And then um, Slater Kenny, I listened to Sh- uh, Ratchet again uh, the other night. Yeah. <laughs> Reeves just gave me a gave me like a fist pump, and yeah. it's a real good album. Um <laughs> That was kind of what it was. I need to get back into listening to upcoming music a little bit more. Uh, you mean like music from the future? Yeah, that's what that sounds like. <laughs> How are you going to get into that upcoming music? Oh, dude, I go for the hot singles and uh, and the album links. Hot, hot Lucy's? <laughs> you like the Lucy's? I like the hot <laughs> singles, yo. <laughs> God. God damn it. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad I know that about you. Now. Yeah, I never knew that about I, you. Well, uh, you may not know this about me, but I like hot singles. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so I know. I know some of you have been listening to more current music than I have. Uh, Reeves, that is in fact your job. It is my job. <laughs> and I was it hoping is very much. My I job. was hoping you could fill me in a little bit on that. And the last time you were on, we forgot. Critical part of the Reeves Richards sounding board experience, which is your yearly metal update. Oh, my yearly metal update. Oh, that's uh, right. Okay. Uh, well, you're kind of putting me on the spot, so I wasn't able to prep this too much. But we uh, warned you that you would be doing the metal update. No, you did not. I feel like that was you, brought up. You, that was totally brought up after the recording last time. Camden went, "Oh shit, we did." Which is why this episode is happening. I don't know. I don't know if that was like solidified. To be fair. Okay. I think it was just yeah, like passing. So Sorry, I, I, then I didn't know for sure that that was happening. So kind of got me yeah, on the spot no a little worries. bit. My bad for not remembering. Um, all right. Well, in terms it's okay, of you can make it hot and loose. We know Josh likes it like that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, hot loose singles. That's me. Yep. Clearly. <laughs> um, so, uh, in terms of not metal music, for sure, 
Um, I think I mentioned last time I've been listening to a lot of the new Danny Brown. Um, this, uh, I didn't talk about it the last time I was here, but uh, I've been listening to this band called Level Up, and that's uh, all capitals L-V-L-U-P, because they're one of those bands that doesn't have any vowels in their name, except for the up part, I guess. But uh, yeah, so uh, they're just this really awesome <laughs> lo-fi DIY punk band, and they got signed to Sub Pop, and I've been listening to their record quite a bit recently, and it's kind of a, it's sort of a lo-fi version of Neutral Milk Hotel. It's pretty great. Um, uh, that's at least like what the vocals sound like to me the most. They sound the most like Neutral Milk Hotel. So that's been huh. the main sort of not uh, metal stuff that I've been listening to. What's that album called? Oh crap! <laughs> so it's Level Up to Spotify. It's Level Up is uh, the name of the artist, and the name of the album is Return to Love. That's it. Oh, I remember now. Um, let's see here. What else has come out recently? I know that there's a couple albums that I want to get to soon. Um, American Wrestlers are releasing a new album whose name has escaped me, but I want to listen to that very, very much. Um, what else have I been listening to? Those for sure. Um, I've been trying to catch up as much as I can with a lot of the music that's been coming in the KEXP, but uh, mm-hmm. it's difficult, and it's difficult to remember off the top of my head. But uh, I've just been I've been kind of going back to the Danny Brown one. It's been nice. that's been one of those albums that has like refused to allow me to uh, to move on to other records and yeah, and actually I'm kind of like, the same. And actually, boat do with like the one. meat and potatoes part of my job of like trying to absorb as much music as possible. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so uh, I want to get into the American Wrestlers album. It's called Goodbye Terrible Youth. And uh, let's see here, what else have I been listening to? I'm now just kind of going through my emails and going through uh, stuff. Um, Who are oh, uh, American oh. wrestlers? I haven't heard of them before. They're uh, they're a Scottish band uh, now living in the United States. Um, they're St. Louis based, but they're led by a guy named Gary McClure, who's originally from Scotland and was the frontman of the Scottish band working for a nuclear free city. Um, they <laughs> they make really awesome sort of indie pop with a lot of buzzing guitars. And just oh. like really sort of that style of uh, of indie rock, and then uh, huh. I just saw it, and then I forget the new Connor Oberst album. I've actually been listening to quite a bit as well. Um, his new album is called Ruminations. Uh, for those of you that don't know, he's the lead singer of Bright Eyes. He's worked with God knows how many people. Uh, he's worked with um, Monsters of Folk, including that includes like Jim James as well of My Morning Jacket. He's also the lead singer of uh, uh, Despartecitos. And he's just, he's mm-hmm. super awesome, and he's, his new album is really great. It's just him either on uh, guitar with um, harmonica or piano with harmonica. So it's very mm-hmm. Bob Dylan-esque. And um, uh, he has a couple, like, really political songs, but most of it is really personal stuff. And he, he always does great. Like, I love Bright Eyes, and um, I love all of his, uh, his solo work, too. So this has just been a kind of a nice sort of scaled-back version of what he usually does. And it's really, really good. So those have been kind of like my new fascinations at the moment in terms of not metal. Should I just nice. go straight into the metal stuff? Well, do you want to save it or do you want to do it now? Uh, I'll save it. Okay, because we're going <laughs> to okay. wrap back around. Because we're going we're to talk about a metal album. We are going to get into we're some gonna, metal. We're going to get into some metal. That's true. That's true. Yeah, you gave me a lot of stuff to add to my to listen to list. Yeah. I, yeah, I especially exciting. recommend the level level up return to love. That one is Yeah, is I had, I had yeah, I had read about that one a lot, but uh yeah, I didn't 
hadn't really heard about it from you know anywhere else besides just stuff on the internet. So yeah, it's good to hear. Mm-hmm. That sounds really good. So yeah, we'll check that out. Well, Camden, you mentioned your so, uh, to listen to list. What has been on it? What have you been listening to? What has been on my to listen to list? Yeah. Or what have I been listening <laughs> Both. to? I want to know what was on that list, and then you listened to it, so you took it uh, off that list. <laughs> what what was previously on the list? Yeah, that's not new. yeah, yeah. Okay, exactly. Or uh, what has transitioned from the to listen to the list to the actively listening to list? Okay. Uh, well, I was going to mention really quick. Uh, I've also been continuing to listen to the Danny Brown album again and again. That one has stuck with me as well. <laughs> Definitely one of my favorite albums this year so far. Um, yeah, that thing is awesome. And yeah, definitely, you know, has the sort of depth in the sound, um, like required to, you know, come back and listen to it again and again and get something new out of it. Like, yeah, there's a lot there to dig into. I mean, I, I was really expecting to like that one, but yeah, I'm like really, really into it. So, uh, I also listened to something that, uh, Ted, I think, also listened to the new Nicholas Jar album called Sirens. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we've talked about some of his stuff on here before, or at least his work with Darkseid, who were around a couple years ago and had that one album, Psychic, that I think we all really liked. Yeah, I was just telling somebody uh, <laughs> about that album today and telling them they should oh, yeah? listen to it. Yeah, that was fantastic. Um, and then he's done a bunch of stuff since since that project and uh since that kind of didn't fall apart but i think they went on indefinite hiatus or something but uh he did stuff like he did a soundtrack for like an old like soviet era russian film called the color of pomegranates or did an alternate soundtrack for that movie Uh, released that as an album uh he had a series of eps called nymphs which um I think have all been like released together now, but that was that was uh, pretty cool. And then he just released an album called Sirens. Uh, that I I feel like progresses pretty logically from the sound that like Dark Side was doing. It sounds pretty similar to that yeah. to me. Definitely does. Now for, yeah. for Dark thought... Side, was he the the one that wanted the guitar album or the one that wanted the dance album? Huh. Because there's that quote about how one of them wanted to make this guitar rock album, and the other one wanted. Well, he to make doesn't. It. He wasn't playing guitar, so. I... So he was the the electronic one. All <laughs> yeah, right. He's the he, he was the, the, he's the, the producer. He okay. made the he made the beeps and the bloops. Well, I have to um, I have to ask, man. We got to clarify. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, I thought uh, it was a really obvious progression from Dark Side. It, it was yeah. way more soundtracky though. There was a lot of like. There's the one track with the child making a bunch of child sounds and stuff mm-hmm. which came out of nowhere but i thought it was a really great album i enjoyed it yeah really. so it was kind of more in a soundtracky ambient side to um a fair amount of like tracks with you know prominent vocal parts on them as well though mm-hmm. uh yeah it's definitely different from the series of eps he released over the last year were pretty pretty dance music oriented so this one's I mean, there are definitely parts where it goes in that territory, but it's definitely not like that for the uh, duration of the album. Um, but yeah, I could see like if you were into that that Dark Side album, I could you know definitely see you being into this. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would definitely, yeah, definitely recommend it. I'll check it out. That sounds out. like something worth uh, worth the listen for sure. For sure. 
Um, and then I've been listening to a lot of a guitarist named uh, a guy who's dead now. His name is Jack Rose. Um, he's a acoustic guitarist, six string, twelve string acoustic guitar, part of the like whole like American primitive guitar style that John Fahey started in like the late 60s or early 60s um, lots of like you know sort of folk and Americana based guitar music but like really drony and um, really kind of like enveloping kind of big you know big sounds from a lot of like really strong open chords and like fast finger picking uh, that stuff's really good I I'd heard about him, you know, a lot before. I never really taken the time to listen to him, but he's kind of been like my background music for the last two weeks, <laughs> just okay. going through his albums. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And particularly album Kensington Blues. You should check that out Kensington if you want some Blues. some really cool, uh, pretty and intricate guitar music. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much. I had a lot of other stuff here and there. Like I listened to the new album from the Orb, but uh, and some other new ones, but uh, not really enough to say anything definitive on those. So yeah, that's pretty much what I want to focus on. Okay, awesome, <laughs> Ted. Yeah. Uh, you. It says here on my sheet. Now, see, I've got this weird outline thing. It says <laughs> here on my sheet, sheet, the official sounding board sheet. Uh, it says Ted underline. Three stories under That's me. That's you. Okay, good. That's you. Oh, I was good. God. I, I thought it might have been someone else. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're good. That's me. Okay. It's okay. Yeah, that's still me. We're good. We're in the clear. All right. All right. Yeah. I, so, you, you you want them now? Yeah. I want them now. I want them okay. now. Well, we're, one of those stories already happened. I was just going to make fun of Lita for not understanding black people. So, I wiggled that in smoothly. Okay. So, so oh, hold on. Let me, let me edit this one. real quick. Ted, yeah. Crossing out the three. Two stories. <laughs> two stories. Okay. Double. All right. All right. Ted is two, two stories God. tall. All right. Double header. <laughs> two story. I'm a big old man. So story number one of the two isn't necessarily me. But did you guys hear the Great Barrier Reef died this year? Like died is dead is gone. I saw that it was dying, but I didn't realize that they officially called it. It's been dying for a while. Uh, it's been oh, I slowed bad down. Recently. Okay, so the Great Barrier Sorry, Reef. Sorry, my computer just slowed down for about seven seconds, and I lost all of that. Don't worry about massively. it. Massively, the Great Barrier Reef is either dying or dead. No, it's dead. It died. Okay. It had a. It's had massive bleachings over the past few years. And then this year it had, like, a massive one covering more than three-quarters of it, and there's no way for it to recover. Oh, shit. So it's dead. Yeah. How nuts is that? Good job, was... humanity. Yeah. We did I the thing. literally we cried it. a little. I was so fucking mad. We did it! Yay! Achievement um, unlocked. <laughs> boom. There's that. So that sucked. Um, and then this past week I spent pretty much all of my work week uh killing an elephant um so i just sent uh. some pictures so you guys could look at it um i have so i work for a sculptor <clears throat> he uh it makes monuments actually 
pretty consistently and makes people all these massive things. So he made a life-size elephant, um, a, a jumbo. It was like the Ringling Brothers or one of those. Barnum and Bailey. Yeah, it was Barnum and Bailey's first elephant. So he made one for a school in New York uh, like two years ago, <clears throat> which involved, you know, it was metal bones, styrofoam, and then it was clay and like half an inch of clay around the whole thing. So I spent the first part of the week skinning the elephant by heating up the clay and then pulling that off, which took 20 hours. And then the second part of the week, I just like cut the shit out of all the styrofoam and kicked all of them around. It was nuts. There was no elephant left. So I sent you guys some picture of the text or a text with all the pictures so you can see the elephant. So why, the elephant why were bones. you taking it apart? Um, he's, we're making another, uh, monument and we need clay. So he was like, oh, I was going to try and hold on to it and see what I could do, but I don't want to anymore. It's taking up too much goddamn space. So obviously I climbed on it and rode it a bunch cause it was 11 feet at its peak. So I just like sat on top of it and hung out and then slowly scraped it to bits. Um, yeah, as you do, which rude. was great. My favorite part, I know it was super rude. My favorite part though, you could climb inside of it. They had like a whole rigging system. Did you pretend um, you were you were Luke from Star Wars climbing inside of the Tauntaun? Is it was it a, what what was it? Tauntaun. It was Tauntaun. a Tauntaun. Oh, nailed it! I wish I had. No, that's way funnier. No, I I actually just kicked its butt off because from the inside I faced its back and I was like, well, I need to get this off anyway. So I wonder what happened if I kick it. And I kicked it twice, and then the butt just like flew. And hit some stuff and fell over, and I was so proud of myself. It was great. I was kind of hoping that story ended with the butt falling on you. That would have been bad. That would have been way funnier. (laughs) No, the head almost fell on me, though, at one point, because the head was um, set up on this slide, so we had to unhook it, and then the guy I work with was like, oh, we'll just push it off. And I was like, I don't know if I like that idea. That's not really safe. Um, So I convinced him to tie it, and then it kind of slipped and I got a bunch of styrofoam down my shirt. It was very sexy. Everyone was excited. But that yeah, elephant is yeah. dead. That's, I killed it. That's yeah. That's probably it's the sexiest thing I've ever heard. Thirty that hours. Makes, uh, well, I guess. Also, I guess yes, we thought sure. you were talking about a real freaking elephant, not like <laughs> yeah. a monument elephant for like the longest time. So I was letting you talk, but <laughs> if people were able to see me, they yeah. would have just seen a very confused and scared bald man. Just. Like, he's murdered an elephant? What? It's like, yeah, he was just ranting about the death of the Great Barrier Reef, and now he's just kind yeah, of like, I was so casually... mad about the Barrier Reef dying, I was like, I need to kill a fucking elephant. Well, doubling that's what down, I need to do. we're gonna kill an elephant. Yeah, let's really, if we're gonna do something, let's do something. <laughs> well, I mean, you have a new nickname now. Ted Elephant Slayer Hooker. Of the sounding board. The Elephant Slayer of the Still doesn't board. ring. Our, our, yeah. It's our still one and only there. Elephant Slayer. It needs some... It needs some pizzazz, you know? It doesn't have yeah. the pizzazz. More pizzazz. It needs some more pizzazz. <laughs> Pachyderm slaughterer. <laughs> he needs he needs a a name that you can do spirit fingers to. That's that's what needs to happen. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I that's, need, yes, I need one of those. Uh, I need a name that when you say it, cheerleaders it. sprint around me. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna have gotta, to workshop it, man. It's a good effort. <laughs> mm. Well, I assume like time. when you were kicking off that elephant's ass. You had a sound. Oh, I was listening to so much music. I I probably got through 
like 10 albums or so and some of it i could hear some of it i couldn't hear were you listening to them all at once yeah no yeah so thank you for picking up on that i was worried (laughs) people wouldn't (laughs) yeah so i had 10 separate sound systems i bought 10 phones to play it through it's very expensive. I don't know why I did that. Um, <laughs> You're playing them all from no, phones. I, <laughs> Just like the yeah, phone you know, speakers. it's the only way to play sounds. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you, what you're yeah, saying I, is I just, you were the the modern day version of uh, what's fuck, what's his name? The guy oof. who did four thirty three. He did the radio thing. John Cage. John Cage did the radio thing, right? Where he had a bunch of radios in a room and he would walk around turning them on and off and that was a performance piece. I was going to say it's like that uh, Flaming Lips album where you bought like four different discs and then you play them all simultaneously at different corners of the room or whatever. <laughs> did anyone That's ever fantastic. do that? Probably. I'm sure I someone would do did. That. Or, or like, there, or there's got to be someone who did, did Or, or, or uh, Tool yeah. with 10,000 Days where you like took... The last track that was like... Where you listen to that album for 10,000 days for on For 10,000 days. <laughs> right, right. You took, you took the last track that was just like someone breathing, and you layered it into the second half of the title track, and it made the secret track. Yeah. Yeah. But... Nope. It's talking about... <laughs> Ted's taking it to another level. He's playing 10 separate albums. Yes. Yeah. And he ain't making a goddamn thing. Ten speakers. And, and did you have like a method phones. for picking them, or did you just do ten random albums at once? No, I. So I just I just threw my phone and hoped it would hit play. It somehow did every single time. I don't know how that worked. <laughs> yeah, that that's was amazing. Some fucking luck. <laughs> I should really turn that into like a paying gig somehow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we. So actually, speaking of the Flaming Lips, that was one of the things I listened to. Not that album, or maybe that album. I've never heard that. What album was that? Do you know? I think it's so, called Zyrika. Nope, didn't listen to it. No. I listened to Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots. Um, nice. Because it has my favorite song by them, and I've never actually listened to the album. It's got a uh, Do You Realize on there, which I think is a yep. fantastic song. And I was excited. Yes, I was yes. like, oh, I'm finally going to listen to this album. And some of it was really good. Some of it was kind of boring. <laughs> and that was pretty much all I felt I... about And then Do You Realize came out, and I was like, yeah. oh, good. <laughs> and then I was done. Yeah. I haven't listened to that album in a long time. Yeah, it's fine. You know. <laughs> Only fine. There are worse albums. Okay. Um, I would, you know, I'd recommend Do You Realize? <laughs> it's a really good song. Um, so you only recommend that song? I think, you know. <laughs> you say the other ones are the fine. Rest. It's okay. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't my favorite. I haven't spent much time with the Flaming Lips, so I don't have oh, okay. any sort of relationship with them. Um... And so, I, you know, it's fine. It's worth listening to. Um, I listen to a lot of stuff, though. Other than that, I finally got around to listening to all of The Glowing Man, um, the Swans album that came out this year. Big surprise. It was awesome. No (laughs) doubt there. Um, I listened to a bunch of jazz. I listened to Miles Ahead, um, because I've heard that album referenced so many times in the Run the Jewels 2 uh, uh, track, Close Your Eyes and Count to Fuck. Oh, and um, uh, Zach De La Yeah, the Rocha David Bruce. De La Roca. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I'm going <laughs> to fuck it. I don't know what his fucking name is. <laughs> John, right? It's John. Charles. Um, so Charles. Good old Beatrice. Um, so I listened to that. Very good. 
Very nice. I've never, like, I've never heard that one. It. Really? What are, what are the sounds like? Uh, there's some honks. <laughs> A lot of honks, honks actually. It's pretty <laughs> honky honks. as an album. That's, that's huh. actually really the only sounds. It was kind of like a bunch of geese. It was a honk heavy album. Yeah, it was like a honk. A honky tonk or something. God, I was hoping for something better than honky tonk. just experimenting with using the geese as instruments. Yeah, he'd hold them and squeeze them until they honked. Just honk. Honk. Would he blow into their mouths like they were? Oh, that's how they get the air in Obviously, I want to hear about the next album instead. I have, I have serious. I don't have serious. This is an important subject to cover. I also listened to. Oh, everyone forgets about Miles Davis's geese period. Yeah, that was a really like unique period. People don't give that enough credit. Um, I was listening to some Charles Mingus, the album Revenge. It was a collection of some uh, legendary Paris concerts featuring Eric Dolphy, um, which is a kick-ass, like a compilation of really great tracks from various concerts in Paris, I guess. Um, Charles Mingus is a fantastic musician, so that was cool. I listened to... Uh, a trumpeteer who put out an album this year called, uh, his name is Takuya Kuroda. It's Japanese. Um, just kind of nice, roomy jazz. Um, it got, uh, YouTube kept rep- or recommending it to me when I was listening to the new Jabe's album from a couple of weeks ago. So I finally buckled down and listened to that. And then last one I really want to talk about is the new Leonard Cohen album. You want it darker. Oh, you um, listen to it? Yeah, it's awesome. It's really good. Um, I, I think it was kind of in the same vein as his last album from two years ago, uh, but just a little bit more cigarette and scotch. Mm, I really like that because he's so like eighty-two now. Um, <laughs> Even more. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. Yeah, this was huh, cool. super good. I would highly recommend it. Um, you know, as always, his lyrics are excellent. He's quite the poet. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to spend more time with it, but I would highly recommend you guys check it out. And then that's it. I didn't listen to anything else. No more music. Well, ever. No more music from you. <laughs> but, uh. No, no more music at all. Guys, it's time we wrap back around <laughs> to KEXP DJ Reeves Richards. Wow, I butchered that. <laughs> KEXP Reeves. Do you want me to do it for you? Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Hi. I'm KXB DJ Reeves Richards. I go by Reeves on the air. I work for 90.3 KEXB in Seattle, Washington. One of the best stations in the land, if not the best station in the land. And I do overnights. Wait, important, important. What about in the universe? Do you go by the Reeves How on the air? The like like a one name? Like a tribe called Quest? Uh, yeah, DJ I just Reeves on the air. Reaver on the air. I just go by Reeves on the air. I don't, I don't have, I don't fuck about with... A goofy goddamn name, like, uh, like. The, but the thing, so the it's, only it's way that on you the air, get though, away right? with that now on KEXP is that if it's a holdover for when you were doing college radio and you somehow were still able to, like, keep a job at KEXP from like the mid '90s when it was just a college radio station to now when it's a professional radio station. So mm, gotcha. And there are a few DJs that so that that's the case. Um, that's the only time that it's excusable. so Reeves on the yeah, air. I'm just gonna go by Reeves. Yeah, is so like you're listening to Reeves on KEXP. Not that's, not Reeves on the air, but Reeves. So it's not yes. like a pimp named Slickback. No, no, no. It's not, <laughs> that's really no, no, hard. No. Okay, so that's what you're asking. No, no, it's not that. 
Yeah, you don't you don't have to say <laughs> the whole thing. It's not reads on the air. No, that's 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 not. What it is. <laughs> it's okay. You want to make sure I get it. Exactly. It's okay. Reeves on the air. I get it. It's okay. <laughs> Rude. Damn it. All right. Uh. Um. Anyway. Uh, should we just go ahead and jump yeah, right into the album? Yeah, let's go right week? into the album. Well, no, we've got the metal minute. Oh, the metal minute. Oh, right. <laughs> make sure it's under go 60 over seconds. An entire year of metal <laughs> yeah. in a minute. Right. You just gotta be okay, like metal. metal. Gotta be you gotta do easy. like those fast ass beats. Okay, so most of this year for metal for me was colored by the fact that I went to Migration Fest, which. Is an awesome like even it was the inaugural metal festival for it. It was this awesome festival in Olympia, Washington, and uh, that was kind of like my highlight for metal period because I got to see a band called Panopticon for oh, their sweet. so far oh. only live performance. And yeah, I was gonna say I thought he didn't perform. Oh, wow. Yeah, he he doesn't <laughs> perform at all. He's he's a studio project. So this was the first that time that he played badass. with like a band and everything. And it was awesome. It lived up to the hype, which is, like, the best thing possible. Like, That's everybody crazy. was so nervous. was like, please turn out okay. Please turn out okay. Jealous. And it ended up being, like, God, don't suck. God, don't please, suck. Please don't suck. Please don't suck. <laughs> yeah. um, like, especially if it's, like, someone's first live performance ever. It's just like, please. <laughs> we'll even give you a little leeway. Just be good. And uh, yeah. don't ruin it, it was this awesome, for us. So. But uh, in terms of just, like, um, metal albums that have come out this year, uh... There is uh, an album, let's see here, well, Neurosis released an album, so that should just get mentioned. They released a new album called Fires Within uh, back in September that was pretty good. Solid, solid album. They never release a bad one, so they got that. Um, A group that released their first album ever called Gate Creeper, they released something called um, uh, Sonoran Deprivation. uh, Gate Creeper? Gate Creeper. It is it is death metal. Uh, it's pretty. It's kind of it's like <laughs> it's classic name. death metal. That kind of stuff. I like so that. They're <laughs> yeah. they're pretty awesome. I was able to see them perform live with Skeleton Witch uh, a couple weeks ago in Seattle. Um, uh, probably one of the best albums of the year for sure in terms of metal is uh, Vector released an album called Terminal Redo or Redux that is oh, ripping. I listened. It to is that one. it is like it's that classic. Rad. <laughs> it's a uh, it's classic thrash metal. In terms of kind of like, you know, stuff like the early um, Megadeth or Anthrax, but they all talk about like a very like sci-fi themed album. Like this one's about like like space opera. Yeah, it's I I think the entire (laughs) album is about a like Cybertronic plague that is like wiping (laughs) out like space fleets and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. it's it rules. It's uh, it it's one of those. It's one of the better like shredding albums. Um, yeah, a a band from uh, uh, sort of one of my favorite places, Denver, Colorado. Uh, since I'm originally from Colorado, uh, a band called Blood Incantation probably released the best death metal album of the year called Star Spawn. Um, really awesome. Good name. Yeah, blood. Yeah, Blood Incantation, and the name of the album is Star Spawn. It's, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good name. Um, and they that that whole album from start to finish is one of the best. Just death metal releases probably uh, in a while but especially this year and uh probably nice. my personal favorite uh album in terms of metal that came out is by a group called thrasun blatt uh they released an album called um metaton uh, i can't even pronounce it uh metacathania <laughs> it's m-e-t-a-c-h-t-h-o-n-i-a so 
I can't pronounce it. Good luck to all of you. Um, but they released a new album. They're one of my favorites. They're the leftover members of Woods of Yapris, uh, which was this really awesome Ontario black metal band. Um, and they kind of went on to make this stuff after the lead singer died in a car crash. So it's really, really great stuff. Um, it's really kind of... It's it's a really epic album. With uh, it's It's a black metal album, but it has a lot of really like folk and epic elements in it that make it really sore. So it's it's a really cool cool record. Um, and just like any other black metal record, six songs, all about ten minutes long and it's an hour long record. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. is that is that good? Is that the is that the metal minute that you needed? Yeah. Wait, wait, say that last that one good. one more time. Where was that last one one more time? Thrasun Black. Attempt to say it again. Thrasun Black. The name of the album is Medicthania. That was that was such a tight metal minute. Yeah. I'm willing to award you an extra thirty seconds if you want to. I think I'm good. <laughs> Nailed any it. Honorable mentions. <laughs> any honorable mentions? Now that that about covers it. That's like, it. That's that's cool. as much as I've got prepared right now. Um, it was. I uh, I've been because of the full time job at KXP. I haven't been able to listen to metal as much as I used to. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I was at least able to pilfer that from. Uh, still helping out with the metal show and thrust on black yeah. and blood incantation for sure have been kind of my highlights of of metal awesome. this year well that's good that's gonna some stuff to look up vector is the only one i've heard and i was pretty impressed with that album yeah that um, vector album is ridiculous <laughs> it like i yeah when i was listening to it i was just like this is almost too fast like it was just kind of like this is <laughs> yeah. this is a little it's like it's so blistering that you're just kind of like oh i'm almost overwhelmed but it makes it that much better <laughs> mm-hmm. so, yeah it's so fucking long for how high energy yeah. it is it's like <laughs> it's like how do you it, guys like, do keeps this that level the whole time yeah how long did it take you to make this Anyways. record so that was the yeah, metal Jesus. minute for this year for this year but if you know the sounding board you know that one of our album of the year content- like categories our end of the year categories is that we rewind a decade and we talk about this year it'll be 2016's 2006 album of the year. Now, this is a time-honored one-year tradition. Time-honored <laughs> tradition. I want you. In its defense, though, the sounding board has only been around for a year, so yeah, I want it's you. It's been around for as long as the sounding board has. Yeah. To time travel back ten years and tell us about this album by Agaloc that came out in 2006, Ashes Against the Grave. All right, so. Agaloc is a, by this time, they're a pretty well-established uh, black metal band from the Northwest. They started out uh, 10 years earlier, actually, as just a studio project, and then they they released a record. It kind of got a little bit of acclaim, but then they released, uh, and that record's called Pale Folklore. Uh, Pale Folklore. It's pretty good. Oh, I was really excited for Pale Fork Lord. Yeah, no, no, that's not it. Pale I miss Fork. Was that a, a forklift operator? Yeah, sure. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> I really like this band. Can we be a little bit more respectful, please? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anywho, uh, their second album, which came out in 2002, was called The Mantle, and that was when they kind of established themselves as one of the best black metal bands, probably to come from the United States, let alone the Northwest. They were founded in Portland, Oregon. Um, so one of the most they released that album that kind of gets them established. <laughs> they stop being a studio project and they actually start performing as a band. 
They start actually traveling out and performing at shows, uh, and that leads them to make Ashes Against the Grain in 2006. Ten years ago. Ten years ago. What you're saying is this is a contender. This is a... In terms of metal, yes. In terms of overall, for sure. Like, this is... This is a, this is one of my favorite releases, period, from the new century, at least. I love this record. There's a reason that I picked it. Um, I, I was kind of scared that the fact that it's a black metal album might be a little divisive. It's basically going to be Candom and I versus you two. All right, but... so, so you say the fact that it's a black metal album. <laughs> yes. What is black metal? <laughs> so, huh. Okay. Um, no, nah, man, I got this. Don't worry about it. He has a category in his document that says, what is black metal? It was set up. It was oh, a setup. You're, uh, pe- you're peeking. Yeah, so... check it. That was a transition, but you guys <laughs> ruined it by fucking laughing at it. It was so yeah, nice. Say anything. Well, it's, it's <laughs> just, even with my notes here, I can tell you that it's hard to describe black metal, but basically, um, metal is always about being faster and louder, faster and louder, and also scarier. And black metal basically looked at death metal and thrash metal and said, you're not scary enough. You only pretend to worship Satan. We actually worship Satan. And so it like it kept like <laughs> pushing it to that point. Um, maybe not in, like, in its like early forms. In its early forms, it was kind of just very lo-fi thrash metal. Um, and that includes bands like um, Venom from the UK, Bathory from Sweden, and uh, Celtic Frost from, uh, from Switzerland. And they kind of made, like, basically really scuzzy thrash metal that kind of started black metal, uh, at least gave, like, a, a sort of a blueprint for other black metal artists to work with. Most black metal nowadays is focused on what is called second wave black metal, and it started in Norway. And I don't have enough time to talk about all the intricacies about what happens with second wave black metal, because it includes <laughs> uh, church arson... Yeah, I was about to ask, is this the uh, church burning? For- yeah, this is the church yeah. burning. So it includes Members church arson. And I'm not talking like, oh, bands. they... Yeah, <laughs> and I'm not talking like they burned down a church established in 2002. No, I'm talking like they yeah. burned down churches that go back to, like, the Middle Ages. Like, they were they were so anti-Christian that they were going to burn down churches that were that were built way back when in the Middle Ages because they saw them as an infringement on pagan stuff that they were into and and also just in general to the over commercialization of christianity and all that other fun stuff like they they just they're weird they're very they're very weird so (laughs) they they were like that's the fake shit yeah we're the real shit exactly and that's burn it down and that's something that like especially in the 80s like metal has constantly been on this sort of like loop of Oh, that's not that's not real metal. This is real metal, and so they, it keeps like looping through, and and then it kind of spirals out of control after black metal, and it kind of becomes static. Um, but uh, so, how many churches have they burned down? Yeah, no, um, I, I mean Agalok specifically. Agalok has not. <laughs> yeah, okay. Agalok, Agalok by this point is like a, <laughs> is at least like five years after the fact. Okay. Like, if you want a whole breakdown, this all starts happening at around um, the early '90s. So, um, and I mean, if you want, if you want some groups from second wave black metal that are super awesome, uh, if you're if you're into this kind of thing, uh, Mayhem for sure. They're actually going to be on tour. I just found this found this out right now. They're actually going to be on tour in North America, and they're going to be playing in dates in Canada and the U.S. Um, 
or at least uh, what's left of them, because you know how I mentioned murder? Well, one of their one of their members was a victim of murder. Um, <laughs> R.I.P. Euronymous. Uh, so Mayhem's on tour. Dark Throne for sure. You gotta check out their early records. Their early records are classic black metal. Um, Immortal and uh, and Emperor uh, for sure. So those are those are kind of like really like if you want to understand black metal, those are the ones to go for. Um, I should also name drop Burzum, but I don't really like Burzum because their lead singer has become a neo-Nazi. And um, yeah, and in no in no minced words, fuck that guy. Uh, so there, you know they're out there, but they don't do it. Um, <laughs> uh, another band to mention is a band called Over, and Over is actually much more sonically connected to Agalock than those other bands are. They're mm-hmm. much more raw and fast and blistering and evil, whereas Over is much more kind of melancholy. And they still play at that speed that Agalock does, and those black metal bands do as well. But there's a lot more ambiance to it. Yeah, I was gonna mm-hmm. say you you describe it as very fast and thrashing. But one of the things that I know I like that I immediately noticed about the album was that a lot of it is very ambient. Yeah, like it 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 it's very melancholic. Yeah, um, and there's there's a very defined pace. Yes, and I mean that was. By design. I mean, they, their influence come from from Over for sure, but they also they also pull in stuff from Swans and from Godspeed You Black Emperor and a lot of other mm-hmm. bands that incorporate a lot of um, ambient noise into their music and a lot of orchestral stuff into their music as well. So they're they're still within that vein, and they they kind of they kind of don't fit perfectly into any genre within metal because they have they mm-hmm. i say black metal because they're considered um they're considered a, a atmospheric black metal which eventually becomes an offshoot of mm-hmm. you know so all this black metal stuff happens black metal kind of follows that pattern of second wave for a while and then uh, one of the offshoots of it is atmospheric black metal and it's kind of one of the vanguard bands for that is agalock um, another band that you can look up that's like that, also from the Northwest, from Olympia, actually, is Wolves in the Throne Room. And um, mm-hmm. then there's a bunch of other bands that you can sort of just follow down the wormhole from there. And uh, the idea is a lot that of those, they kind of take... A lot of those bands... Some, sorry. Don't a lot of those bands go sometimes go into just making, like, straight-up ambient music, too? Like, didn't Wolves in the Throne Room release, like, just an ambient album? They released just an electronic uh, ambient album. That was their last album. Their last album was just electronic ambient. And um, Over, who I name dropped er- earlier, like their first record is yeah, very much uh, kind of like the precursor to atmospheric black metal. But then it mm-hmm. very much like they then they go all over the map. They make electronic music now, basically. And there was like I yeah. think they even made a folk album. And then they also made a. I think that was uh, their like second the actual, one. I think was basically like a folk raw, album. yeah. And then they made like an actual <laughs> raw, like evil black metal album that's like thirty-five minutes mm-hmm. long. That's just fire. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's really good. Nice. Um, so yeah, and kind of like a long roundabout way to get to it. So original sort of like at least what black metal was up until that point was very much focused on evil and being as evil as possible to the point where it was almost comical. And groups like Agalock were the first people to kind of take that 
sort of more going with the vein of Olver and focus more on sort of like death and nature. And so that's where a lot of their lyrical content comes from. And so it's it's much more of like a natural progression of sort of like a uh, a natural progression of life, but focusing most importantly on the death part of it. So you mentioned um, that this album came out in 2006, and part of the reason that they wrote this one was that they wanted to do something that they could perform live. Yes. Right? So what what about this album made it something they could perform live rather than being a studio project like their earlier ones? Well, their earlier ones have a lot of orchestration in it, and it's hard to play that live with just a four-piece band, um, especially if you're performing in sort of the underground metal circuit where you're not going to be able to bring a timpani on stage which yeah. like there's mm-hmm. there's a song in the man- there's a song in the mantle um its name escapes me and I don't know why right now but it's um it's from the mantle and it's called um in the shadow of our pale companion it's a 15 minute mm-hmm. long song and it opens up with timpani drums like you can't perform that live and when they started performing their shows they realized that that wasn't a possibility so they just kind of went for something that they could hope to perform live. And what's funny is, is that they ended up doing a lot of studio production anyway with the album. Um, and uh, apparently it was not a fun album to make. <laughs> uh, I read that apparently it was a hell from start to finish <laughs> because they, they encountered a computer glitch that deleted uh, all of their WAV files. So they had to like go back and try and repurpose all their tracks again. Um, and, uh, despite their intentions of wanting to make it more stripped down, it actually accidentally had a lot more production in it than that they wanted, but it was still mm-hmm. a little bit less than their previous albums. And, uh, even though this is actually my favorite Agalock album, apparently the lead singer, uh, John Hom considers it their worst album. So. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> this is awkward. Um, but it's, it's just kind of, but it's still clearly a departure from their earlier albums. Um, and it is easier, it's, it's, it's easier to conceive them performing it live because it very much is guitars, drums, bass, vocals, Mm -hmm. and there's not a lot of instrumentation behind it that you probably couldn't put on a, basically on like a keyboard and hit a button and have it playing through a speaker. Like it's not something, it's not something super complicated like their other earlier albums were that you can kind of tell that that's the case. Okay, so yeah. let's talk about some of the tracks on this album. Yeah, let's let's just dive right into it. I mean, this is... I, I To be honest with you, I would like to hear what you guys think of it as well. Like, I, I know that we discussed earlier before the podcast that um, while you, uh, Josh, enjoyed the instrumentation on the record, you really liked the guitar work and uh, just how the whole album came together as a whole in that regard that the uh, the vocals were still kind of a hurdle that you couldn't get over. Yeah, you know, it wasn't... The, the, the thing about it for me was um, the vocals... Like, the vocals didn't make me want to turn it off, but the vocals didn't do anything to draw me in either. Uh, the tracks that really stood out for me, like the tracks where that that I kept looking at my phone and being like, oh, what am I listening to right now? Were um, Fire Above, Ice Below. And uh, the two-part track, Our, Fortre- Our Fortress is Burning and Bloodborne. Three parts. Bloodbird. <laughs> three parts. Three, yeah. three parts. The first two parts are when I kept looking down and being like, oh, uh, okay. yeah, this. And, and like, 
there are some things that I really like about it. Like, I really like that most of the the sounds in this album sound extremely deliberate. Like, there's no real wall of sound aspect here. It's very it's very much like you can hear the individual instrumentation and what they're doing very clearly. And I really like that. And I really like the... Uh, we talked about, uh, the first time you were on, Reeves, the, the fact that um, metal came out of blues. And, and for some reason that was, there were parts of that here that really shone through to me and where I, where I was just like, oh, that's a really cool, that's a really cool riff. I can pick out that bit of guitar work specifically and be like, I like that a lot. So that was, that was kind of my take on it. I, I enjoyed this album quite a bit, actually. Uh, like you said, the vocals, they, I mean, growls still don't really do it for me. It's, even I'm willing to admit that it's an acquired taste. Like, it's it's hard to get into. Um, like, it, it, when I when I first got into metal, like the main problem that I had with it is that I couldn't understand uh, people who sang like black metal artists or death metal artists tend to to sing, which is really guttural and in in a very shouty fashion. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you know, like it's after a while, I kind of got used to it, and then that sort of became the hurdle that got me. Yeah, through the rest of it. Yeah, um, totally. So it's it's always one of those things where if people say they don't like this style of music because of the vocals, I just kind of go, oh yeah, no fair, and then just move on. Yeah, like it's just it's just kind yeah, of like an accepted thing. It's totally fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely an acquired thing. It's... Yeah, yeah. I've it's... I've always I I think it's it's yeah. Once you get because I think yeah, black metal vocals are definitely an acquired taste, but once you do get into them, they really add to the atmosphere of the music in a really yeah. cool way, I think. Because, really, like, really... yeah, like, a lot of black metal kind of, like, evokes, like, dark and bleak natural settings, like, really cold winters in the middle of the woods and stuff like that, and, you know, the voices can sound like stuff like really high winds or, like, whatever you want to, like, you know, imagine it as. And it just kind of, just kind of becomes yeah. part of the atmosphere rather than something you're focusing on vocally. It's supposed to sound otherworldly, which sort of adds yeah. towards the... Uh, scary, like phantasmic sense of black yeah. metal that uh, that I, totally. you know, th- that actually eventually became some <laughs> my favorite part of listening to it. Is just like a really good black metal album will frankly scare me, and that's awesome. <laughs> like I love mm-hmm. that aspect. Of it. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, um, and and I don't know that I'm there yet, but musically, like I said, I thought this was fantastic. Um, Ted. How about you? I don't know where you really stand with black metal. I feel like you don't listen. You like you're you're not as opposed to the vocals as I am, but you don't listen to a ton of it either, do you? Did we lose him? <laughs> no, it's um, it's a genre that over the years. Sorry, there's so much lag. I'm trying so hard to catch that last bit. It's a genre I've been hearing um over the years because of living with Camden and <laughs> spending time with him. So it's been a lot of exposure um and before that i had no friends that listened to metal so metal is something i have very little experience with um that i'm trying to grow more and more experience i'm always excited when i get the opportunity because it has qualities of music that i really adore um i you know black metal out of all metals i think is my favorite uh, I love the atmosphere it builds. I love the Camden's description, the sort of wintry woods 
with darkness and all that is just wonderful. Um, I still struggle with the vocals to an extent. Um, it definitely depends. And sometimes I, I'm very turned off by it. Sometimes I'm kind of, eh, it's okay. Um, and there's been times I've enjoyed it. Um, I found more often than not with, with this Agaloc album, there were a couple moments where the vocals came across as, um, soft, kind of like almost comical to me. And I'm not sure what that is. Like it was, perhaps it was the idea that it was the sort of perfect black metal album in my mind. So hearing the vocals come across exactly like I'd expect seemed weird. I don't know why. <laughs> um, I was trying to figure out the whole time, but the more I listened to it, the less I uh, spent time thinking about the vocals. So I guess I'm slowly getting across that hurdle, as you put it, which I would love because, frankly, black metal is something I'd really enjoy listening to because every time I listen to it, I, the... Um, I don't know, the level of talent for people in these bands is just so high out of most styles of music. Like, uh, they say, you know, as soon as a guitarist can play metal, black metal, um, and various other metals, they can pretty much play anything else because it has the precision and the speed and all that shit down. Um, so as someone who looks at the technical side, I think it's excellent. And as someone who likes listening to it, I like listening to it. I thought um, Falling Snow was a kick-ass song. The intro to Fire Above and Ice Below. Um, through all of it, obviously. But the that guitar uh, sound was... Uh, there was something about just like the style of sound. I can't remember what it's called. Um, that really stuck out to me every time. Not unlike the waves. Didn't grab me the first time. But after that, I think that is such a good song. Yeah. I don't know. It's a really sort of mild vocal style in comparison to the evil metal side, but it has such a good, I don't know, that one builds the atmosphere for me better than any of the other ones. Um, and then the three-parter are also good, but not unlike the waves after my last like listen was really what stuck out to me. Um, so I'd say I liked it. I, I plan to listen to the album again throughout this week because I want to give it some more time. Um, and listen to more of them, especially once I found out or saw the quote about the lead singer hating this album. I really yeah. like to see no, I, which one he likes and in comparison. Yeah, I, I, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I've, I've been listening to this band for a while and this has been my favorite Agaloc album. So it's just, but it wasn't until coming in to record this podcast that I read that line. I was just like, oh, Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a weird, like, that would be kind of sad. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's my favorite one. Everyone loves this, except for the people that made it. Yeah. And I mean, I... <laughs> It'd be a strange moment. Yeah, and I, and I can tell you from going to their shows, there are definitely a couple tracks on this album that people always look forward to when they when they hear and play them live. Um, how, yeah. yeah. Um, however, side note, now that I brought that up, they, they have now broken up. They're... They they called yeah didn't it, they break up like just this year yeah they broke up this Something. they broke up this year in May, which is really sad. Oh, yeah. oh, that must have been a big deal. It was. Well, I'm sorry for you. We'll send flowers. <laughs> <laughs> it was a pretty big deal for me. I was very sad, but at least I, I'd seen them live a couple times before, so I wasn't like devastated. Um, yeah, it's, it's easier to take if you've already seen them live yeah. before they're gone. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, we we haven't 
we've talked about Falling Snow and Not on Light the Waves. Um, Not on Light the Waves is actually my second favorite track because I just I also like the way that it builds throughout the song and um, mm-hmm. and just uh, you know even though it is hard to understand if you do look up the lyrics, the lyrics for all the songs are super great, but uh, Not on Light the Waves has some pretty uh, killer lines in it um, and also drops a reference towards Norse mythology for the uh, the goat that produces all the mead for all the Norse people um, mm. yeah hide run no. <laughs> yeah cool stuff oh, okay. um, so uh, and also uses the word solstafir which is a Icelandic word for um, the light that shows around a cloud when it's blocking out the sun so there's a lot of little like, oh cool, it's the lining sort yeah, of there's look. a lot of little cool That's awesome. stuff like that in that song but um since nobody's mentioned yet, my favorite track on the album is actually the first one, Limbs. I Yeah. That that I was is gonna say we gotta talk about how awesome the fucking intro to this album oh, is. Oh god. <laughs> like... I love the intro to this album so much. It is mm-hmm. it is probably one of my favorite opening guitar sounds. I don't even know if I can call it a riff, but I just really appreciate the fact that it sounds like a siren immediately when it comes in. And it just it builds on that from there. And it's, this is kind of, this is one of my go-to, like, oddly enough, if I need to feel better about life, this is, like, the go-to song that I go to. Like, especially if it's, like, something, like, especially (laughs) if it's been, like, a really bad week. Like, every single day has just progressively gotten crappier and crappier and crappier. Mm -hmm. Like, like on a Friday before, like, I head out, it's just kind of like, man, I'm not prepared at all to, like, be around people or friends like I'll just I'll listen to limbs and like that's like ten minutes of like therapy and I like snap out of it. It's just like ah okay there and I think part of it yeah I think part of it is because of uh, not just the fact that it opens up so surprisingly slow into kind of a really crushing beginning like because I mean the guitar at the very beginning is very drawn out siren kind of like a warning call and then it just goes straight into pretty much what you're going to hear throughout the rest of the record in terms of sound and guitar and drums and just all the lyrics to the song. Um, once I started being able to pick up on what they're actually saying in this kind of style of music is really, really good. And it, it really does kind of talk about sort of, it really does focus on, on death and like death and nature or like just basically slowly returning to the earth after you die because i mean the last the last two lines are earth to flesh flesh to wood cast these limbs into the water flesh to wood wood to stone cast the stone into the water so it's just kind of like this like very like pastoral but frightening aspect of of death that i really like and i think that it really does kind of set the entire album up to stay at that level of lyrical content, musical content, and everything. So it mm-hmm. it's my favorite like it's my favorite song on the record for a reason. Like it has a like a really deep personal connection, but I also think the quality of the song itself is super great. And you know, nice. yeah, and I you know it's just kind of like it, also the inevitability of it because there's a line in there that just says these these arms were meant to be lost, hacked, severed, and forgotten. Like that's just kind of a like just sort of being conscious of the inevitability of of death and just kind of just being like well this was supposed to happen kind of thing and like sort of just accepting yeah. it and moving on is really profound because not a lot of not a lot of music talks about that and that's that's pretty yeah. great so um that's yeah. kind of just and definitely that 
just why I, I love that it so much. Yeah, that tone at the beginning <laughs> of the track is like, yeah, it's definitely like crushing, but it's also like pretty uplifting sounding. Like that, the first couple of minutes on that track. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It really, Incredible it, it does kind of like sure. raise the hair on your skin a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree. <laughs> Which is definitely what you want to start an album off with. Oh, yeah. Let everyone yeah. sort of get the tingle like, oh, here it comes. I wanted to talk about the last track on the album too, because I like I like that one a lot. The last part of uh, the do you mean, uh, the do you three, mean all three parts or just the third part? So the yeah, the very last part. <laughs> so I, I like I like that whole that whole uh, that whole set of songs, but I um, I always thought that that closer to the album where it's just kind of like the like the sort of uh, ambient feedbacky wash of like weird like wonky guitar sounds and like a weird i, I don't know mm-hmm. I, I and that's that's kind of where where i could see some of the like post-rock influence and stuff like that on this album um i thought that was a really Definitely. cool uh really like really nicely atmospheric closer to the album i yeah. like that a lot there's a lot of yeah. post-rock but i i would also say even like a lot of post-punk influence as well like i think there's mm-hmm. i think there's quite a bit of um or even like just like kind of gothy like early goth, like later post punk stuff. Like there's a lot of Joy Division and Bauhaus, I think, in this record. Yeah. And um you know, and you can definitely hear it in the last track as it just kind of fades out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was surprised yeah. by how long it had that atmospheric like noise wall, which I loved. I just kept pausing like, wow, it's still going. I thought I was just ringing for a minute in my ears. It was awesome. Yeah. And you you can definitely hear the the Godspeed You Black Emperor in that track in particular. Yeah, like for that, sure. That kind of <laughs> that kind of like that. Yeah, like very deliberate noise. Yeah. just mm-hmm. to sort of close it yeah. out. Yeah, I think I think this job or sorry, this album in general does a really good job of like mixing all the various influences in a really unique way. Like and and pretty and like pretty much seamlessly throughout the whole thing. Like you have the black metal elements and the post rock elements, post punk and like the the folk like the old like old folky parts and like the acoustic guitars. Those fit in perfectly. And uh, yeah, it's just it's yeah one I think one of those really good examples of a band like coming together with all the uh, various influences they have and making something really cool and unique out of all of them. Yeah, that's kind of like their own sound. Yeah. So uh, Camden, is this gonna? Do you think this is gonna make a bid for 2016's 2006 album of the year for you? Huh? Oh, I don't know. I'm not gonna talk about that yet until the, oh, uh, until no we spoilers. get there. No spoilers. <laughs> yeah, no spoilers. Well, spoilers for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is like the reason I chose this album was because it's it's one of my personal favorites. Mm. So I, yeah. like I felt like I had to. <laughs> Well, no, thanks for bringing this to us. This is fantastic. I actually really did enjoy it a lot. Uh, I think it gets a Ric Flair for me. I don't know about you guys. It gets... Uh, I hated it, yeah. It gets... Um, <laughs> it gets... Uh, let's see here. How many... I'm trying to think which Ric Flair gets it, because I'm trying to think of like one of the better Ric Flairs. Crossbody off the top rope for the three-count pin? No, no. I'm I'm thinking more... I'm more thinking like three match series with uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Right? Okay, like, yeah. Like this is this is fucking legendary. I love this album. Woo off with uh, Jay Lethal. <laughs> no, no, that's comical. Okay, we gotta save that for like a really funny 
Oh. Uh, gross old to... man stealing kisses. No, no, no. no. <laughs> so no. Okay. You stop right. that. What? Ricky stop Steamboat that right three match series. Ric Flair from Reeves. Yep. I I don't know anything about Ric Flair, so I'll just give it a standard Ric Flair. That's fair. Yeah, as we have been. I think it'll get a good standard one from here, too. Yeah. 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 Blue Bowl or Ric Flair? Ric Flair. Blue Bowl or Ric Flair? Pink Bowl or Ric Flair? Shytown Rumble, Ric Flair. You know, classic. Mm -hmm. Classic Uh, Flair. And also, if anybody wants to (laughs) check out Bobble, uh, not only just check out uh, Agaloc and all of their discography, but especially Ashes Against the Grain, other bands include Wolves in the Throne Room, um... Uh, Kralis, that would also be a really good one. I would check out that first album by Olver, and uh, I'm trying to think if there's because there's a bunch. Oh, and um, a group called Ashbor that's actually out of uh, San Francisco is also super super great. And um, and I actually mentioned them since I saw them at Migration Fest. Um, if you like this stuff, you also might uh, like Panopticon because they also do a really good job of seamlessly fitting in acoustic instruments. But since he's from Kentucky. He does bluegrass acoustic instruments, and it actually fits, and it's super Mm -hmm. awesome. Okay. Yeah. 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 Man. All right. I might have to check that out. That sounds... That sounds cool. Yeah. I hope that's enough material for everybody. Yeah, no. (laughs) I've got got a pretty hefty list right here. The metal list has (laughs) been It's going to be a whole fucking thing. Uh, Sorry. Guys, let's... (laughs) transition yeah. real quick I only have one piece of music news that I want to bring up uh, did you guys hear about Bob Dylan yeah you guys hear I about did. that Dylan yeah yeah I uh, so yeah he got the Nobel Prize for literature he sure did right and he they haven't been able God, to like, I get thought him to you were gonna tell him. me he died. No. Nope. You know no, what? Really. For how 2016 <laughs> yeah. has been going, that is perfectly nope. fair. Yeah, I was well, positive that he was going to be dead. They haven't been able to get a hold of him to accept it, so he might have died. Oh, no, I, it totally, it totally, not, no, it totally I, fits. Don't it, even joke about it, that. It, <laughs> no, it totally fits with his personality that he, I'm sure, like, not he sure, won't but I'm it. pretty sure he just doesn't care. So, so you know yeah. They, yeah. that about a week <laughs> after he got the Nobel Prize... A sentence was added to uh, to his website that said Nobel Prize winner Bob Dylan, and then a week later mm-hmm. it was gone. Yeah. So. So some hmm. some someone that worked on his you know publicist team or something probably put it on there and he's like I don't want it. I don't want <laughs> yeah, no prize. Get that shit out. That's of what that. I would guess. Well, you know you, you, know. you, you <laughs> can't actually not accept the Nobel Prize. They do not acknowledge refusals. Right. Oh, I didn't know well, that. Yep. Well, it's, like, it's still... yep. If you if you refuse, <laughs> they still list you as a winner of the Nobel Prize. All right. Yeah. Uh, other news: Bobby Schmurda. There is you none. Said, no, I mean, one thing. Well, don't look up more. If news. we're going, if we're going to continue <laughs> to talk about the Nobel Prize stuff, Leonard Cohen um, says yeah. he's ready to die. There's no, don't, don't. don't, don't. Because, yeah, because this is actually a thing where there's stuff what, to talk is your, about. Is your music news thing just, like, tempting fate here? Is that basically what you decided the last... That seems to fucking The last, like, yeah. 10, 15 minutes of this podcast is just going to be, let's just name old Who's famous... Who's going to die next? Let's just name old famous musicians and then, you know, like, just jinx the rest of the hey. year again. Yeah, hey, they're getting pretty old. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> These are some old wagon. people. They're getting up there in age, guys. <laughs> At least use your powers for good, you son of a... Sorry. That was mean. I shouldn't say that about yeah, our uh, Yeah, that was... That was that mean. Was, 
I hope they live full, fruitful lives as long as they possibly can and can continue yeah. making soft for, rock that my parents will pay forever. me to see. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, yeah, I just, wanted, I just wanted to bring up uh, Bob Dylan getting the Nobel Prize in Literature and see if you guys had uh, any anything to You know, to it's, say. it's fun to get, like... It's fun to get super critical about it and just be like, oh, this is just whatever. But I actually think it's kind of cool. And I know that it probably prevents an actual like poet or author that I don't personally know. But if there, if you were to ask me like, who's somebody in popular music that would even have like a shot at actually winning a Nobel laureate, probably after some deliberation, I would, I would say Bob Dylan. So the fact that it actually Mm. happened, I think is kind of cool. It does kind of strike me more as like Mm -hmm. maybe the actual Nobel laureate prize is like this. And I just don't know, but it does kind of seem more like a career achievement award. Like, just like, hey, thanks for not only, like... Doing it. Just all the... Good job. Yeah, like, not thank you not just for all of the, frankly, like, uh, revolutionary music that you made in the 60s, but also just everything from then on out through the 70s and mm-hmm. even up to now. Like, he's still making good music. So, some authors got real upset about it. I'm sure they did. Yeah. I, like, and, vocalized that I mean, shit on Twitter. I've got, uh, I've got two quotes. <laughs> Off the just off the top of my head, uh, Bob Dylan winning a Nobel in literature is like Mrs. Fields being awarded three Michelin stars. Ooh, yeah. Ouch. Yeah, that Brutal. man was not happy about that at Who all. Who is that from? Uh, that was from a novelist named Rabbit yeah. Alamedine. Yeah. I don't know how to say his name. Uh, we also have Jody Picoult. Uh, I'm happy for Bob Dylan, but does this mean I can win a Grammy? Okay, yeah, that's fair too. Yeah, I don't know. It's the lyric, but like uh, the lyrics that he has written have. Yeah, and the thing super... is, the, the main strength of it, like it all goes like like it just brings up the argument of whether songwriting is a form of literature, which is not something I mm. ever really spend time thinking about. But I yeah. think it's the thing they're trying to make a statement of. Because if you're going to say like, if you're going to include songwriting in that genre, then or not in that genre, but in literature as an encompassing art form, then like well, I mean, there's Bob Dylan is certainly up for the prize. So but he's, just, he's also written poetry books. Was this for songwriting? This was for songwriting. For his poetry this was books? for songwriting. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So I was expecting it for his poetry. So I guess the, the, That's a bit. Yeah. The super simple test of this is like to even wonder if it's if it's categorically doable. Like, are the lyrics interesting on the page? Are they worth reading without his guitar and his harmonica? Yeah, they totally are. So, I think. like, I think that could put him in, like, in the category at that stage, right? Like, whether yeah. or not they are high enough quality to deserve a Nobel, that's a different argument. But if you can say, honestly say that they are interesting and profound and worth reading, not just worth listening to... Mm-hmm. Then I think that this is a conversation we can have. Yeah, I think I think it's a like obviously controversial choice. I don't think it's like that insane to give it to him. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, like the like, Sally Fields one, I, it didn't feels a little feels a little like that. That was a little harsh. Like if they gave it, yeah. Because I mean, if you're, if you're talking about writers, like writers in music, as far as lyric goes, like lyrics go, like he's 
he's up there. Like he is one of the greatest songwriters of all time. And you know? let's just like let's not uh, forget Winston Churchill won the literary the the literature uh, Nobel Prize, and he didn't win it for really? something that he wrote down. He won it for his speeches. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So they've yeah. And yeah and. I mean, I, I don't know. Like for whatever reason, I want to go back to that Sally Fields one because that just that that seems kind of off base. Like it's just kind of that's not. That's just saying that his writing is garbage. Like yeah, that's what that like person is saying. Like and that's this person's not value very is, true at all. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just and not only like especially since Bob Dylan, like a lot of a lot of his lyrics are so personal and they tell and they tell stories and they they make very profound allusions and metaphors and everything like that. Like, let's just put it that, okay, if this is, this is an example, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it first, uh, this person is an incredible artist, and this is by no means me trying to be insulting. But if, like, Paul McCartney won this Nobel Lariat before Bob Dylan, then yes, you get to tweet that. Because then you can just be like, really? yeah, because like, well, because <laughs> like that's just that's just like a popular grab. But if, but by going with Bob yeah. Dylan, you're going with like the one. And Paul rock. McCartney's known for his songs, but he's not necessarily known for the lyrics. Yeah, it, and that's like something that Bob Dylan is definitely known for. Well, yeah, Dylan's that's a, Bob Dylan's thing. Um, Dylan's really interesting, I yeah. think, because there are two yeah. things that you can say about Dylan, and I think you can say them with a lot of certainty. One, like lyrically, his his. His lyrics approach poetry. They in form and and in in content. They approach poetry. Two, his shit is super commercial. Like, you you can't discount that Dylan writes for a gigantic audience, and like, he is a fantastic writer, but he is perhaps more commercial than most of the things we describe as literature. Yeah. So I think it's really right, yeah. interesting, and I, I wonder what it what what it might mean for the future of the Nobel Prize in literature in particular, because it's it, like I think Dylan is the case where you can maybe get away with it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But Dylan, well, I, I I like I don't I don't think it means they're going to start doing that regularly. Like they probably won't. Yeah. It, it like you know, you're saying they gave it to Woodrow Wilson for you know basically no, no, Winston, oratory Winston, skills. Winston Churchill. Or, Winston Churchill. Sorry. Yeah. Or, W's, whatever. Um, <laughs> British. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> different countries. Was, was, yeah, no, no. Woodrow Wilson was not. Well, Winston Churchill was British. Yeah. Yes. This yeah, Winston Churchill was British. Uh, together. <laughs> anyways, anyways, but yeah, I like. I don't think this is going to be like something they give. Like they're going to start giving Nobel prizes in literature to songwriters all the time now. Like yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think it, you're, you're it brings up right. a conversation about that, and like, I don't know. I think I think a lot of the the upset about it comes because it's like such a like crowning achievement for a lot of writers, and they're but there are like so many writers, like you know, yeah. world renowned, all insanely famous writers who like never got it, you know, and who are dead now, and there are going to be so many more who aren't, and it's just like that's just because of how infrequent the prize is, like it's once a year. Right, now. but but I think perhaps the more the, the interesting part of this mm-hmm. is whether or not it could be marked as or thought of as an indication of the changing definition of the word literature. 
and what can be classified as literature. Yeah. Right? So, like, I'm not saying every every fucking musician who writes a, a catchy hook is going to get it, but I wonder if if down the line, like, when we talk about what literature is and what we teach as literature, this will be something that people will point at and say, well, yes, for for your your classics 300 class, you have to read Homer, but also for classics 271, like we're going to study Dylan or or Churchill's speeches or any number of other things. Like it seems like an yeah. opportunity for that definition to broaden, and I think that's really cool and pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, this I, I, I'm sure that me if I'm wrong, but that's been happening for a long while. Yeah, no, I'm sure it has. I There's, mean, this yeah. this just kind of brings it more into the public consciousness. There's always. So been, I, I was going to yeah. say, like, I'm sure, I'm sure that's. That's a conversation that's been had yeah. for a long time, and, I think, and like I, I don't know personally. I don't, I don't see that as very far fetched to include like songwriting as a form of of literature. Like, of course, it has a musical accompaniment, but it's like it's not that out of bounds. Like, you know, for mentioning my Homer, for example, like that stuff was was oratory. sung way back in the day. Yeah, uh, it's supposed to be sung. Yeah, so I, yeah. I don't know. I just I don't I don't think it's that that out there. You know. Yeah, like it, it's not. It doesn't seem like a a, uh, a as like shocking or controversial a thing as like some people have made it out to be to me. Um, the thing, is, yeah, but it, it seems that Bob Dylan doesn't care yeah. that he got it. So. No, not even a little bit. <laughs> yeah. In fact, he may not even want. Yeah, it. probably. <laughs> I don't think he's ever really held held a lot of stock in that kind of thing. Like, I don't even know if he's yeah, and he's and like. And even especially if he has, recently, he he's been like didn't care. Yeah, and especially recently, he's been like pretty not reclusive, but like doesn't really, you know, come out and give a lot of interviews and stuff. That's about it. He yeah. does tour, and uh, I think most of the time when he tours, he do, he's like pretty much just goes on and plays and doesn't really say anything to the audience either. Yeah, he, uh, he like, played <laughs> the, first the first bumper shoot I ever went to, and uh, yeah, he opened with. Everybody, let's get high. Mm-hmm. So rainy day, women. Yeah, it was yeah. a good time, man. It was a good time. <laughs> that was really the only music news that I wanted to bring up. I think we are about at a show. Before we wrap up, though, next week. Sounds good. Um, so, more than a month ago now, I promised to make my next pick some sort of prog metal epic. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> and then I did not do that, uh, and now. It's my pick again, and I have decided to make good. So next week we will be listening to The Human Experiment by Arion. <laughs> Spelled A-Y-R-E-O-N. Oh, man. I, fi- I finally get to listen to it. Yeah, this is, so this is probably <laughs> like the least... This is probably the least out there of any of the Arion albums. Um We'll talk. We'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, to to give some context, this album is about uh, a guy who falls into a coma for twenty days, and is sort of haunted by the ghosts of his past. Uh, yeah, this sounds like prog metal. Ghost. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's going to be next week. I'm very excited for it. I haven't listened to any area in, in like at least four years, uh, but they have come up from time to time. He has come up from time to time. Uh, so, 
That'll be next week. I think that's it for this week. You can find us on right. Facebook and on Twitter at Not Always Music. You can find us via email at soundingboardpodcast at gmail.com. Reeves, plug your shit. Uh, you can find me on social media, on Twitter, and on Instagram at uh, K-E-X-P-D-J Reeves. R-E-E-V-E-S. Camden, plug your shit. Uh, you can find me in the Reeves bathroom the following this podcast, because I really have to pee. <laughs> Very fair. <laughs> kill a cam 907. Yeah, kill a cam 907 on, on Twitter. Twitter. I do not use that Twitter account ever. Ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Adam on Facebook, though, he just, he accepts everybody all the time. Yeah, uh, search Camden Taylor on Facebook from Juneau, Alaska. Send me your dick pics. <laughs> Woo! Dick pics. Yeah, get, get him over here. I'll uh, I'll I'll comment on them on the podcast <laughs> if you send me dick pics. Ted, do you do you want to plug anything? Yeah, we'll rate them. <laughs> yeah. Ted plugs. Yeah, dick uh, pics. if you want to find me, follow uh, me at <laughs> yeah dick pics all over here, please as well. Camden's gonna send them to me anyways, but if you want to send them to both, that'd be really sweet. You can I'll follow me at you, yeah. Reeves on the air at twitter dot com. Following, <laughs> well, yeah, forward him to me. That'll be super. It'll be great. Yeah, don't don't try and Twitter at me because I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. I'm good. We we were so ready to do a big social media push, and then it just fell right the fuck apart. Well, I'm kind of the only. Never mind. <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah, I don't think we were ever ready. I think we pretended to. We talked through it. Yeah. We said we were going to do it. It was all it was all it. an act. Yeah. We were, uh, we were all fun. right, guys. Thanks so much for joining me this week. I will talk to you again next week for Aryan the Human Experiment. It's going to be so good. It's oh god. Oh. Ooh, ah. Bye. I can't wait. Bye. So, uh Reeves, you just brought something to my attention. Yeah, uh so you want Next week's album to be uh, Arion, correct? Arion, the yes, human experiment. Yes. That's the one. Yes. Uh, it looks like the album that you meant was the human equation. The, the human what now? Uh, the human equation. You said human experiment, but it appears that Arion has never released an album called the human experiment, just the did, human equation. Uh, did they release? I think they released another one called the final experiment. I. Uh, well, let's let's see here. Well, uh, let's see. Uh, ah, the first one, the first one up at the top, the final experiment and actual fantasy. There you go. But so, but you're 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 right, and I'm wrong. I totally did want uh, everyone to listen to. I was about to say, which one did you specifically want? I wanted the human equation. Okay. All right. So next week's album is the human equation by, by Arian. Listen to it; it'll be great. And maybe listen to the final experiment too if you really want to. All right. We're gone. We're out.